0: Curry roasting on a cow dung fire. Kutumi Woo! shouting in your ear. Woo! Namaste! Woo! <laughs> Namaste! Woo! It is I, Kutumi, Woo! coming to love you on this day coming to celebrate the season, the end of the year, celebrate my new books that are about to arrive, coming to sit with Shambra on this beautiful day, the end of a year and the beginning of the final year, the final times before the new energy. I've been asked by Tobias and that other son of a bitch you call Saint Germain <laughs> 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 He's not quite so bad. Have to get you laughing, Sean Brown. Have to get you laughing. There is so much going on in your world right now. And then that crazy little head of yours, I have to get you laughing and that is what Tobias has asked me to do with you here today. But I want to come in to just love you, pure, unconditional, wholesome, grade A love, <laughs> from my Punjabi heart to yours, just to take a moment here in this beautiful now energy, just to relax a bit this human endeavor that you've been on for so long is it takes its toll it takes the humor and the life right out of you maybe we can just sit here together for this next little moment and let me love you unconditionally let me Just soak with you for a while here in this beautiful energy. Hmm. No cares, no worries, no Tobias. (laughs) Tobias is taking a bit of time off. He is actually decorating his Hanukkah tree back at his cottage. Saint Germain, my dear friend, I have to say, we have worked together many, many lifetimes. Saint Germain, Loves this time of the year. He can take on one of his very favorite roles and channel through multiple humans all over the world. He loves this role of Santa Claus. He actually claims, amongst the many, 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 many claims that he has, (laughs) that he helped to create this entity called Santa Claus because this season of joy was getting a bit too serious, getting too much caught up in old rituals. So he looked at the energy of Christmas and he looked at what it should be. It should be childish. It should be joyful. It should be happy. So he helped to co-create this entity called Santa Claus. And he helped to bring it to the ones who were most open, the children, a way of children bringing back their imagination, bringing back this element of love, this element of magic back into the holidays. So St. Germain is out all over the world right now where they have these Santa Clauses, helping to be with the Santa Clauses who sit with the children, children who are Frightened at times, children who are hurting at times, and he helps channel his energies through the the various Santas all over the world, helping to bring helping to bring a bit of joy into their lives. It is difficult for for Ai to play the role of Santa Claus. <laughs> My background is not in that, and um, I tend to get too many little kids crying, so I come into. Um, <laughs> This gathering of Shaumbra. And of course the dear one Kuan Yin is out. She is with Norma, Andra and Garrett in this land of the, the Kiwi right now. They're working on something very, very special in this land. And on their whole trip they've been helping to bring in a new understanding, not just of Kuan Yin, but of the energy of Sophia. We'll go into that energy with, um, with you and Tobias, and Quan Yin will talk more about it, but you know now that the energies of the masculine feminine are coming back – look at me, for instance – integrated with the masculine and feminine. I'm not a man, I'm not a woman. I am that I am. I am both. I am none. I've gotten rid of that costume a long time ago. So that I could be all that I am. But Norma, Garrett are working with Kuan Yin and the energy of Sophia at this time of transition. This time of melding back together all of the energies. They're going to be bringing that to to Shaumbra as a whole. But right now, let me just let me just be with you a moment. It has been a while. I've you know I've been around you, I've been in the background, so to speak. I've been working with the Crimson Circle and Chambre energies in your new office place at the Great Lake. I've been helping to move some energies, not just of the ones who work there, but the energies of all of Shaumbra. I was invited asked to do that by Tobias and St. Germain. So it has an effect not just on those who work at your office, but on each and every one of you. It has been an intensive year of clearing old energies. As St. Germain says, energies that want to hang on. You know, every little bit of consciousness, every little bit of energy has its own life form, has its own unique identity, every little bit of consciousness has somewhat of an understanding of itself and it wants to hang on to that self, doesn't want to let go. It considers it a death rather than a transformation and an evolution. Every little bit of energy tries to hold on, even though Even though, like a young child, it knows that it's time to evolve, it's time to change, it's time to grow into something grander, something bigger, but yet it still tends to hold on. You know what that little bit of energy wants? It wants the parent energy, the creator energy, to come to it, to assure it that everything is going to be all right. That part of you that is somewhat afraid, not sure what tomorrow is going to bring, not sure what happens when you let go of your job that you really don't care for anymore, or let go of a relationship that was old karma – all those energies just want the parent-self, the creator-self, to come in and assure it, just like a little child, to take it by the hand and say, "'It's time. It's time we move on. It's time we evolve. The past will never be forgotten. The past will never be buried. The past can be transformed into the newness, the potential of who you are.' Every little thought that you have has its own identity. Every little fear that you have is actually just a little child. Every every piece of stuck energy is really wanting to be unstuck. And you, dear ones, you can guide that part of yourself into your own new energy. Go in and talk to it. That little fear – let's say that you have a fear that there's something wrong with your body. That it perhaps is developing a bit of a disease. It is just a piece of energy that is stuck. That is all it is. A piece of energy that is holding on to youth, to its concept of youth. You can go in and talk to that little bit of energy, tell it that it's time to let go. doesn't need to hold on to youth. It can evolve into a new energy. Tell it that there is a radiant, healthy, vibrant energy of biology somewhere in your body It is a standard to it, that the unhealthy energy can heal itself right now without a lot of pushing, without a lot of mental discipline, without having to focus even, just allowing So come in today, loving you, taking this moment here in our beautiful group for you to love yourself. So many energies going on right now. The one I see so prevalent in human consciousness is the they energy. They say the weather is going to change. They say there's a new fashion trend coming about. They say the economy is going to get worse. They say the world is going to come to an end. It's amusing from our side of the veil to listen to the great evil they, (laughs) spoken over and over again by humans all over the world, no matter if it is in India, no matter if it is in Australia. Everywhere it's about they. They said this, they're going to do that. Who is they? I have looked all over. I have searched many lands all over the world trying to find they. I have looked it up in in your phone books. I don't see Mr. and Mrs. They anywhere. I have looked in companies. I find no company that is they incorporated. I don't see a they anywhere. So what is this big they?" I finally said to myself, "'Where does it come from? Who owns it?' And I discovered that it is just consciousness, just mass consciousness. The they is nothing other than the human consciousness, this great reservoir or pool of thoughts and ideas, problems and concerns. But yet everybody talks about they. I want you to take a look at it in your own life, how often you use it, how often you think it to yourself, they want me to do such and such. They want me to to go here. The other one that I hear from so many of you, they, referring to some spiritual group, some organization on our side, they told me I should move. But there is no they, so how could they tell you to move? They told me I should go out and do a certain type of mission work. There is no they. So what are you actually tapping into? You're just tapping into all of the other they's that are coming from all of the other humans, that are coming from their problems, and their concerns and this day this this big day have you ever thought about it it has no sense of humor whatsoever <laughs> it doesn't have any particular logic to it either it is a big it is a big nothing but yet it is a controlling and guiding force for so many lives it comes to the point where humans they actually believe in they to the point where they indeed take on a type of identity. They take on a type of energy. You can't find them anywhere, but they become real in a sense. They becomes the guiding force for so many humans. Even when they get over to our side, they continue to talk about they. They wanted me to do this. Where are they? There have been humans and angels who have been searching all over for they, and it truly doesn't exist anywhere. They – they is a you who has not taken responsibility. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) A wise one comes to talk to you. It is a very simple principle. Look at it. how it affects you in your own life. In a sense, you have your – it's like a mass consciousness guidance system, guiding you through your lives, guiding you through your thoughts, but truly an energy that has no substance, no depth, no anything to it, so all this time You, other humans, have been following a great nothing, forgetting to follow that magnificent something that is within you. Hmm. I come here today to share a few things with you, a bit about myself, about my story, about why I come here. Christmas has a special, special meaning for me also. I have been incarnate on Earth many, many times before, taken on a wide variety of disguises and identities. And I have to make a note here to address some of the questions that have come up. So here I am, Kutumi La Seng, sounding, acting somewhat like a man, even though I said I am, I am not a man anymore. I'm <laughs> man and woman together. But in many, many lifetimes I, I came through as a man. In one lifetime in particular, as Balthazar, one of the three wise men, indeed, indeed, that was me, helping to deliver the gifts – a little bit of incense, a little bit of mirror here and there, you know, get in good with Yeshua, he's going to be famous. <coughs> We spend many, many lifetimes incarnate as a man. Most of the time when you choose to become embodied in human form, you will become embodied towards the, your energy bias. In other words, if you had a female-dominated energy in the angelic realms, you will generally come to Earth and incarnate as a female and generally stay in the female form. Once in a while, shifting over, but finding it very uncomfortable, of course, you women know, to be in a man's body, to take a a man's attitude, to have the man's uh, mentality and temperament, of course. I, on the other hand, initially came in, not necessarily by conscious choice, but rather by a bias towards the masculine energy although you would hardly notice it now. <laughs> so I spent many, many time lifetimes in the masculine form, partly as a lesson to myself, partly to help me to understand the beauty of the other side of me, taking on this role in the masculine body. If I had to come back to Earth now, it would be very difficult mm, to make that conscious decision how I would choose to come back. I did incarnate in that lifetime two thousand years ago as Balthazar, helping to bring in the Christ Seed energy. I was a Babylonian king at the time, but I knew, just as you knew, that there was something happening on Earth. couldn't put a finger on it, couldn't necessarily identify Just what it was, although the prophets, they talked about the new Messiah coming. But who would have thought the Messiah would have come in the way he did? What I mean by that, it wasn't just. It wasn't just the baby Yeshua. It wasn't just about Mary and Joseph. It was about the birth of the Christ seed on earth at the time. It was about not only Yeshua coming to earth, but about you coming to Earth, about you incarnating. There is, there is something very common with all of us, by the way. Not just our Atlantean background, but also most of us incarnated approximately five to six hundred years B.C. We were around in those days helping to prepare the energies for the Christ seed that was coming in. And then most of us incarnated again about two thousand years ago. It was a special lifetime for you and for me. We were in the midst of an energy change and an era change on Earth. We were in the midst of watching our own selves beginning to unfold, getting out from the heaviness of duality, the heaviness of being in the human physical body. We were starting to come out of the bottom part of this cycle called living on Earth, called incarnations. We were starting to move our energy back around, (coughs) coming out, coming out so we could get off, finally get off of this whole circle, this whole wheel of incarnations. You were there. I was there. We planted the seeds. And now, over two thousand years later, we are here harvesting. That is what you are here doing – harvesting this Christ Seed energy, this Christ Seed that has grown into a beautiful new consciousness. This beautiful new consciousness that you and I helped to start has grown and prospered, has gotten strong and healthy, even in spite of all the consciousness weeds growing around it, even in spite of drought, consciousness drought, even in spite of consciousness storms, this new Christ consciousness has grown, has evolved, and now, with the advent of the new energy that is ready for harvest, we're going to do a little harvesting today here, if you would like. We'll do that together. We'll do a new energy infusion right here in this beautiful sacred space. But back to me. <laughs> I've had many, many incarnations on Earth, and one of the most memorable that I had was approximately five to six hundred years B.C. I was known back then as the philosopher called Pythagoras, a Greek philosopher. It was a very interesting lifetime, because back then in in this land of Greece there was so much changing in its own consciousness – a new Civilization was coming to life, preparing for the Christos era of humanity. In Greece there were thinkers, in Greece there were creators. Greece was developing a new civilization and a new culture, and I I was right in the midst of it. I I was a philosopher, I was a mathematician. I found it fascinating because I was trying to understand the world, understand nature, understand spirit, through math and through philosophy. I had a love and a passion for this philosophy, had a love for trying to understand how the numbers worked, how the numbers made logic and sense of the universe, of the stars. I'd spend my days, my years playing with the energy of numbers. That energy of numbers is still here. You can still play with it and you can still use it. You can align numbers. You can play with math to help you to understand and assist you in creating anything you want. But I came to understand – not in that lifetime – but much later. I came to understand that the numbers don't create the reality. The mathematics don't shape the universe. They are simply in response to a very personal and very intimate energy called the Soul Self, called you, the Creator. As you create, as you take Pure raw energy and begin to create with it, it then transforms itself into mathematical equations, putting this pure raw energy into a type of logic. But the logic itself doesn't hold the answer. The logic itself, the logic of mathematics, is not the source energy. The logic The mathematics did not create the universe. You did. You, Creators, you imaginers and dreamers, you angel beings who came to Earth, who did this magnificent job of lowering your energy, you're the one that created the potentials and ultimately the reality, and then you can understand it or you can interpret it through the numbers and the math. That lifetime as Pythagoras was followed then by the lifetime as Baltharis – sorry about that, Cauldre is saying – new words flying his way. In that lifetime I was noble, but I continued my philosophical studies. I continued my mathematical studies. But something new entered in now, and it was this whole area of spirituality. It was the first lifetime that there was a renewed focus on the spiritual aspect. That is why I was so keenly interested in this whole birth of Yeshua, this whole Christ energy coming to Earth. I studied the stars to understand how and when the Messiah energy would become present on Earth. I studied the books, I studied other philosophers and the religions to understand how we were beginning to create something new and different on this incredible planet Earth. But yet I would have to say, even in that lifetime, I got stuck in my own self. You see, I was a seeker. I've been a seeker as long as I can remember. That energy of being the seeker was carried over into yet other lifetimes, lifetimes where I continued my work as a philosopher and as a mathematician. In my most recent lifetime on earth, where I was known as Kutumi Lal Singh, I continued that passion, you see. The passions, what you study, what makes your heart sing, what makes your brain click, they tend to follow you lifetime after lifetime. So I came I came back to Earth as Kutumi, born in the land of Kashmir in India. It is interesting because at the very time that I was Pythagoras. The philosopher was also the time on Earth where Buddha was, was embodied, where Buddha was beginning his energy. It was also about the same time where Tobias was on Earth. You see, we as humans and as groups develop patterns, and then we follow these patterns. We continue to work with them until those very patterns are ready to evolve and transform. And then we move through the old energy into the new. So I came in as Kutumi Lal Singh, and I studied from my very early days. My parents, they were, they were scholars. My father, in particular, encouraged me to read and to study. But in a sense, all he was doing was encouraging me to follow the path that I had already chosen. My studies took me to London. I was born, by the way, in 1849, or 18 – you have to get this right, Calder – 1829, and my studies then took me to the area of London, where I spent much time studying at Cambridge, much time learning as much as I possibly could. I fancied myself again as a philosopher, as a studier and as a seeker of truth. I studied very, very hard day and night, had no social life whatsoever, kept myself confined to my room, confined to the classes, studied very, very hard for four years. At the end of this four-year period, while walking the path along the university one day, while finally taking note of things that had always been there – the trees, the sky, the birds. I suddenly realized I knew nothing. I had studied, I had worked hard, but hadn't learned a thing about life. I learned all about philosophies. I'd read the Great Ones. learned so much about science and math. But this one day in particular there was an opening. Like a door opening into my soul, and I looked in and realized that i hadn't learned a single thing oh i was I was good in my mind, I was quick, I could memorize things, I could recite things, but yet i hadn't experienced anything that caused that caused a quake to go throughout my entire being felt like. Every part of me was being ripped open, ultimately caused me to have what you would now call a mental breakdown, right there on the spot, right in the university lawn, falling on the ground. Of course, of course they came. They took me away. In a sense you could say they almost locked me away. It wasn't an institution, but they kept me very secluded, put me into one of the houses of one of the professors, where I stayed for several years of time, could barely feed myself, could barely write a letter, didn't want to think at all, didn't want to do anything. Some of you know exactly what this is like a type of depression, a type of emptiness, no passion at all, nothing to feel at all. I was I was quite a shell, I was quite a shell. Stayed this way for a long time. At first they were concerned about me, and soon enough they began to just forget about me, give me my food, try to talk to me once in a while, but I was rather incoherent. I stayed in this state of being, or actually not being, for several years, and one day one day, just as suddenly as I'd had this mental breakdown, one day I suddenly got up, packed the few items that I had and left. I left the world at that point. I walked away from the university, I walked away from my degrees, I walked away from friends and family, and I set out for something new and different. I didn't want to think anymore. I didn't want to be a philosopher anymore. I didn't want to try to figure out the universe, because I'd finally figured out you can never figure out the universe. I told myself I just wanted to experience life and people, anything. I wanted to drink in the experiences that I had never allowed myself to have before. I always thought about experiences. I always analyzed everything in my life. I always looked at the logic involved in everything within me and outside of me. I even tried to apply logic and philosophy to Spirit. I found it can't be done. It's like oil and water. They do not mix. So I set out, not even leaving a note, and began my next portion of the journey. That next portion of the journey lasted approximately forty years, and I traveled all throughout Europe. I traveled back into the lands of my home in India, and I finally ended up ultimately in Tibet, where I spent the rest of my life not no longer studying, but writing down and sharing my experiences. I spent some time with the ones who founded the Theosophical Society. I spent much time with the dearest one, the one who could think and feel at the same time. She was an inspiration to me, Madame Blavatsky, a woman who was filled with so much passion for life the moment I met her. I knew what, what I needed to feel within myself. She was an intelligent, extremely intelligent woman, one of the finest I'd ever known. But that woman could feel. She could feel energy. She could feel passion. She could feel the life in a flower, ah, more than I had ever felt life altogether. She could feel anybody's energy and help them to rebalance themselves. Not that she was necessarily a healer, but she was a feeler. I spent much time with her, learning to understand how to open myself up even more to experience. To experience, not to thinking. I was so tired of thinking, and along the way I met many, many dear common people. I didn't have a need to go talk to the great uh, kings and the great uh, royalty and nobility, although I did meet a few. I was more interested in working with everyday people and experiencing life with them, sharing the beauty of life with them, perhaps sometimes for a day, sometimes for a week or two or even more. But I was all about experience. I also learned something very, very interesting in my journeys in that lifetime. I learned how to laugh. As a child I did not laugh. Laughing was considered, was considered um, non-intellectual. And in my household, my father and mother – both – very, very scholarly, very intelligent, but also, I have to share with you, very unhappy very unhappy. I learned from people all throughout the lands how to smile, how to laugh, how to make humor. Humor has its own particular energy. It transforms stuck energy. It allows you to take some of the heaviness off of duality. Humans, they they can laugh, they can create humor much, much better than the angels. Even on our side of the veil, the non physical realms, the ones who have never been in, in human body have no idea what humor is. It's not that they're so serious, but they haven't gone through what we have. You have to be able to, you have to have gone through it in order to make light of it, to laugh at it, to understand that it is not so serious after all to be able to play a little bit, to be able to put a smile on somebody else's face. So in that lifetime, as Katumi Lal Singh, I learned to experience, I learned to laugh, and I learned to share. I learned to share. Now, sharing is an interesting energy. It doesn't mean giving yourself to others and feeding them. It means enjoying, mutually enjoying the moment with them. It doesn't mean trying to fix them. It doesn't mean giving everything you have to them. It means enjoying that moment, being together, sharing an experience. You know, when you share an experience with another human, no matter what it is, that goes on record. You have that in common from here to eternity. You have a now a wonderful, beautiful bond between you that can never be taken away, can never be buried or destroyed. There's one way that you get to understand yourself by sharing with the others. The biggest thing that I learned in that lifetime And the reason why I come to talk to you today is I learned that philosophy was really, um, as was said here earlier today, really a bunch of crap. (laughs) And I come here today to make the announcement, the profound announcement, that philosophy is dead. (laughs) Philosophy is dead as of this point. Good, you say. Good. Now, many of you, you clap, but you have been philosophers. <laughs> You've been the students. You've been the ones um, looking into the logic of things, trying to understand how they work. But you know, as I know, studied philosophy for a long time. And where did it get you? It got me into, into a mental breakdown. It got you into traps. It got you going down dead-end streets. It was a very useful thing to do, understand me. I'm not saying that it was It was all bad, but in this new energy era that you are moving into, philosophy dies. Philosophy goes away. It's replaced by creativity. It's replaced by experience. It is replaced by wisdom, but wisdom that doesn't have its roots in all of this thinking. Philosophy goes away as creativity comes back. Now, <clears throat> this may alarm many people, say, but the philosophy is necessary to the, to the advancement of culture. The philosophy is necessary because it causes us to study ourselves. Well, that is true to an extent up to an extent. But when you reach a certain point in your journey, in your own seeking, you realize, first of all, there is nothing to seek. we were just a a seeker. That was your job, your profession, but, but where does it get you ultimately? The philosophy transcends now. It goes beyond the logic in the mind, and many people get concerned because Because to them that is everything. That is all they know in their mind. But you know, it takes a good going out of your mind, a good mental breakdown, to really understand that there is something outside of the mind. It takes that shattering of the illusion of the mind, the total meltdown of that old energy basis for for understanding life. When you go out of the mind, you realize that there's something much more precious, something much grander, something that doesn't get you stuck like the mind does. It's your spirit, it's yourself, it's your nost. Well, it, it also involves your mind. But you learn that there's something far grander, and it's you. It is you. It's not they. It's you. <laughs> you are your own guru. As they like to say, gee, you are you. <laughs> you don't need them. So philosophy, Shambra in the new energy, dies. It goes away. No need to ponder everything. No need to analyze everything. No need to be philosophical about everything. Now it's about enjoying the experience and allowing the creativity to be the guiding energy in your life. Going out of the mind, out of philosophy again, again it rings the alarm bells. It draws the concern. Because that is the energy you've been stuck in, it's what you know, it's what is familiar. You don't know another operating system. But trust me from my own experiences and those who have also gone through it, when you let go of the, of the mind and let go of all the philosophy, beyond it there's a whole new frontier for you. Beyond it are answers to questions that you pondered for a long time in the old philosophical sense, but never found the answers to. Beyond it are new frontiers of consciousness that the mind could not possibly comprehend. Beyond it is a new meaning to life that philosophy itself could never help to explain or to understand. Beyond it is The lack of struggle, the lack of conflict within yourself. It is a divine state of being, and it's here right now. It's not in some far distant future. It's not just a concept, not just a philosophy, but it's here right now. It's a gift that you have given yourself. It's this harvest of the Christ seed energy. It's time to bring that in, into your reality right now, if you choose. I told Tobias and St. Germain that I would take you through a bit of new energy infusion. You see, that new energy, that harvest, is here waiting for, for you right now. It slowly finds its way to you, no matter what. That is a a natural principle. The new energy slowly transforms you. It could take many, many lifetimes, but it's just the natural evolution of energy. With this group today sitting here in this very precious space, we can actually allow more of that new energy to soak into our lives. You can let that new energy of yourself soak in right now. We're just going to do a few breaths together. This is a wonderful time to to let go, let go of whatever it is that might be holding you back. It brings up the fears, of course, because you wonder what will happen when you let go. Well, enjoy the experience of it. Enjoy the feeling of it. Don't think about it. Let go and experience it. Let us begin with the breath, because the breath begins just about everything. Take a deep, slow breath, not trying to force anything, not trying to demand anything. This gift of new energy, which is beyond words or description at this moment, this gift is your harvest, going back to your lifetimes when you helped to plant those seeds. This new energy slowly works its way into your consciousness, but it works differently than the other energies you've been using. Some of you may go off within yourself searching for this new energy. Where is it? What does it look like? And how does it work? But you go in searching for it with your old understanding of energy, your old understanding of consciousness. This works totally different, very, very different. How different? How does it work, you say? I can only tell you it's for you to experience, for you to play with, for you to not uh, try to think too much about. Can you just let yourself experience now? Let the old way of managing and using energy slowly start to shift away making room for this new energy. This new energy is not about duality. This new energy is not linear. This new energy is truly expansional in every way. So when it comes to visit you, when it comes to be with you in your life, it works totally different. That's why St. Germain said to you in the last gathering, are you ready for a change? The change is the new energy. The change is how it works. You've been used to a certain way of operating in your everyday life, certain patterns, ways of thinking through things, ways of handling problems, ways of trying to answer questions. You're very used to these old patterns. The new energy, it works totally different, totally different. First it is, it is much more efficient, much more efficient than the old energy. The new energy doesn't need duality. It doesn't need conflict and it doesn't need its mirror image in order to understand itself. This new energy that is you already knows. This new energy can't be controlled like you're used to doing with old energy. It can't be manipulated, because that was just you manipulating or controlling yourself. This new energy has a purity to it. This new energy is very difficult to measure in any terms, any terms that You've been used to measuring energy or consciousness in the past. So take a deep breath and allow this new energy infusion here at the end of your calendar year, but an end of a cycle right now. Your calendar tells you there are only a few more days left, but what's really important to look at is you are at the end of a cycle, a cycle that's gone on for thousands of years specifically, but even a bigger cycle that's been going on for well over a hundred thousand years. You're at the very tail end of it right now, while that old cycle is slowly, slowly dissolving away. The new cycle, the new energy is slowly making its place known, and that's why we are spending a few moments here today for this infusion. I am not doing it. I'm not forcing it. The other angelic beings who are in the room are not making it so. It is you that is allowing it into your life, into your reality. It is the change that Saint Germain talked about, the transformation of energy, but actually energy going to a whole new level. It starts to make itself known in your life, in your consciousness, but all the time remember it is you. It is just a different you a new experience of you. It starts making its way into your life, and at first it may appear to be a little clumsy to work with. It doesn't respond like the old energies responded, so it may be a little frustrating at first. But as you continue to allow this new energy in, you begin to notice little things in your life synchronicities start to occur more frequently. Things seem to just get a little easier. Old things seem to dissolve away faster. Even down to simple things like requir- requiring less time for sleep, requiring less food for your body. This is all part of the way the new energy works. In the new energy there's really no reason for philosophy as you have known it in the past. And there's actually no place for it, because philosophy was the search. Philosophy was the hunt. Philosophy was the way to try to figure out, basically through forms of logic, a very illogical and very chaotic world. While philosophy made many advances and strides, ultimately it never solved the problems of the world, much less many of the individuals who partook in it. So in the New Energy there is truly not a place for the philosophy, but there is a place for grand creativity. and the New Energy that You are allowing to soak in right now, if you choose. This creativity is like a new fuel for you, a new passion. The creativity simply needs to be stimulated by you – by you. What do you choose to do with it? What do you choose, not what they choose? What do you choose to do with this creativity? How do you want to experience it in your life? Well, don't try to figure it out, let yourself experience it. This is one of the things that, even well over a hundred years of time ago, that Madame Blavatsky and I spent hours and hours discussing, but ultimately we knew we even had to stop the discussion. It was time to just go out and experience, but we couldn't experience it to nearly the extent that you can right now because the consciousness and the energy was different. Take another deep breath and allow yourself to harvest this new energy. Oh, it is, it is here. It's not out there. It's not out beyond. It's right here, right now. You created it. You planted it. Now you can bring it into your life. When we say you bring it into your life, again, remind you that it's going to look different than the old energy. So one of the things that I learned in my period of um, having this breakdown was to let go of the expectations. Expectations are one of the primary causes of breakdowns and depressions, letting go of what you expect things to be like, allowing them to expand. Your own creations – your own creations should be free. You don't want to put too much structure on them. You don't want to lock that structure into place. Creation was meant to expand and have its own type of life, have its own type of identity and meaning, even though you created it. You give it freedom. You let it continue evolving. That is when you come to truly understand what creator energy is like. So, Shaumbra, I come to you on this fine day, in this beautiful place, to talk to you about philosophy, that it's dead, to talk to you about the new energy coming in. I will continue to be close to Chambro, continue to work closely with Tobias and St. Germain and Kuan Yin. I come in today not trying to get you to laugh, but trying to get you to live, trying to get you to experience life, and now to experience what it is like to have this new energy flowing, flowing into your life. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste.